0: Graced a ride along with Geralt of Along came this song. From when the White Wolf fought a silver-tongued devil, his army of elves at his whose did they? To get into the chorus first, it's a shame that Eric or Nick aren't here for this because they both have a lot to say about this a lot, while the horns <laughs> a lot. I have to ask these guys if they even know anything about this. of plenty toss coin to your what is up everybody swags here flying solo on a friday night no prof no earl but we wanted to make sure that we still got it in and by we I meant me <laughs> um, hopefully those guys can hop on the live feed at some point hopefully you guys and girls out there in tv link and hop on the live feed as well and comment on what i'm gonna spew here it's been a while since i went solo but you know what it doesn't matter because we got a lot to talk about and want to make sure that we got it out there so the intro song that i was just playing of course if you don't know is from the witcher the show on netflix season two dropped today i have not had a chance to watch it yet however i'm very excited to do so so for those of you who don't know, The Witcher is based off of a video game. Uh, the Witcher Three: Wild Hunt was the newest one, but it's just a really cool feel. Um, you know, it's like a period piece. Henry Caval plays the main character, Geralt of Rivia, um, also known as the Butcher of Valaikin, the White Wolf. Uh, he's fantastic. He's great. He fits the character to a T. Not just bring back to Twitch streams. Dude, see, here's the problem, Max. So, I actually, I'm glad that you said that as I'm going through my rant here about The Witcher, because I've had a conversation, a lot of conversations recently about like the platform to go on, right? But the thing is, if you don't establish yourself on Twitch as a Twitch stream or as a like a podcast, right? Rather, if it's a video game stream or whatever it was then you get, like, you're not going to get anybody to go in there. So Facebook is so good with the Go Live feature, and that's kind of why we use it, right? But it's kind of a whole nother story. Uh, but anyway, so The Witcher, um, if you haven't already and you're into that kind of stuff, I highly recommend checking it out. I can't wait to watch Season 2. Very cool show. Um, yeah, so that's that. One other thing that I watched this week, also on Netflix, that I thought was really... Not the best thing I've ever watched, but certainly interesting, and certainly something if you're looking to get something to watch, to take a look at. It's called The River Runner. It's a documentary, and it's about these kayakers, and specifically this one guy, Scott Lindgren, and he's the main character of the focus. Is I guess he's kind of like the modern-day father of like really extreme kayaking. Um, it's interesting to go and watch what they do. There's some cool scenery in there. Um, I don't want to give away too much of it. The guy, well, you could, if you Googled him, you could tell the guy actually, you know, later in his life gets a brain tumor and, you know, recovers from that and comes back. So it's a really cool story that way. But definitely something to check out. Again, that was the River Runner. Midnight Mass. What is Midnight Mass, Knox? I don't know what that is. You let me know. It's got to be some kind of show, right? Yeah, I don't know what that is. All right, so before I get into what I really wanted to talk about tonight in depth, I got to touch on uh, Urban Meyer, right? So Urban Meyer gets let go by the Jags. We all saw this coming. We were just wondering if he was going to get through this season or not. So, you know, the interesting thing about this to me is taking a look back at the recent coaches that have jumped from NCAA into the NFL – looking at their success or quite frankly most of them lack thereof and kind of reflecting and I think that with this firing of Urban Meyer we really need to start closing the door on the old hard ass coaches for lack of a better word getting NFL jobs I think when teams are looking at guys like Cliff Kingsbury or Matt Rule right you know and and obviously Kingsbury's doing really well matt rules panthers are struggling but they're sort of younger different type of coaches right where i'm going to give you a list of names of guys that have recently failed in the nfl after making the jump from the ncaa and you're just gonna you're gonna be like okay so uh, there's names in here that i even forgot about as i went back and looked at this says is a vampire show miniseries on netflix okay midnight mass i'll have to give it a listen So we start back in 2007. Bobby Petrino for the Falcons doesn't even make it a full season. I don't know if you guys remember that debacle, right? But that was an absolute disaster. Greg Shianu, remember him? Came from Rutgers, had some success at Rutgers. Super hard ass, right? Super hard-o type of coach. Pure college coach, you know, squeezed as much talent out of Rutgers as he could, right? Like rang it out, made Rutgers like a decent program. Horrible two years at the Bucks. gone. Steve Spurrier, two bad years, two back-to-back six and ten years with the Washington football team, the team formerly known as the Redskins at the time. I will say about Steve Spurrier, his case isn't as bad because I love Steve Spurrier. He's super entertaining. Uh, anything that has to do with the old ball coach, like, I'm down to hear it. So he wasn't, like, you know, the worst one of the bunch, but, again, didn't have any success. Moving out, Butch Davis. He had three subpar years with the Browns. I remember those Butch Davis years. Those teams weren't horrible, but he, you know, didn't have success. Now, it could be argued that no one had success with the Browns during that stretch. That's definitely true. But again, Nick Saban, two very average years with Miami record-wise. Uh, I believe he was just one game under 500 in his two years there. But at the end of the day, you know, he he was just itching to get back into college, right? And then, of course, Chip Kelly, which we know near and dear here in Philly and just the disaster that it was. If you look at Chip's record here in Philly, it's actually deceptive as to how much of a poor run that he had because, as Eric alluded to last week when Chip Kelly's name came up, the first year the Eagles did really well with Nick Foles, but, again, that was Andy Reid's team, right? And Chip Kelly really still hadn't fully blown it up yet. And then once he did that, it was just an absolute disaster. Uh, (laughs) I'm not a massive track fan, Knox, but I know you are, so. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, I think that it's time that we just move on from that, right? There are right now a litany of O-coordinators, D-coordinators that are probably way more qualified to be NFL coaches than these college guys. And at some point, I'm wondering why the college guys even want to make the jump, right? Now, Urban Meyer, I understand, because he had been out of coaching for a while, right? So for him, he wants to make the jump back in because, and by the way, Urban Meyer, not without controversy. I mean, you know, the way that he scooted out of Florida, right, with controversy coming up behind him, and then same thing at Ohio State. He scoots on out of there. Now I know, you know, he's blamed a lot of it on health issues, which, I mean, that is what it is, but... There's always sanctions and questions and stuff as he gets his success at these schools and then moves out. But he'd been out for a while, so he wanted to get back in, but clearly the commitment level just wasn't there. And you take a guy like Nick Saban, who had so much success at the college level, makes the NFL jump, but what for what reason, right? And clearly he didn't want to be there. He didn't fit. His style doesn't resonate with NFL players, to to touch on the story that everybody's telling about Urban Meyer is him, you know, kicking his kicker, right? Yeah, you know, kicking the kicker is really bad, but it's it's more the mentality of what happened there, right? Like, in the NFL, you're talking to grown men. You're not dealing with kids, excuse me, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. You have grown men that you have to deal with now. You can't tell them, you know, kick the kicker and say, oh, make some kicks, Johnny forgot about cod. Oh yeah, well, God's still around, buddy. But you can't, you know, you can't tell NFL guys, grown men under contracts, kick them, you know, make kicks or something. They have to be managed in a completely different way than college kids who are still developing in more ways than one, right? So again, I'm not sure why, what the allure is. I, you know, there have been some success stories. So Jim Harbaugh is a good example. But here's the thing. Jim Harbaugh is a weird case because Jim Harbaugh, right, went from NFL quarterback to successful college coach at Stanford and then successful coach for the 49ers. And, you know, now it was like, well, floating around Michigan, not now all of a sudden successful, right? They're the two in the college ball playoffs. So he's been a success everywhere. And again, he's a younger guy. He wasn't like this traditional, curmudgeon you know, Hardo disciplinarian type of coach, so I feel like, and and everybody that's played for Jim likes him, right? It doesn't matter what level, so that that says a lot too. But my final thought on the coaching is, you just have to start looking, you know, and names that keep coming up every year, Eric enemy right? Go down the list of coordinators; those are the guys that are going to get you there. And again. A perfect example is like a John Harbaugh, right? You know, just so happens to be Jim's brother, but he's a special teams coach for the Eagles, right? These guys that are talented NFL possible future coaches are there in the coaching pool working their way up, running backs, coach, right? Like, they're in there. I just don't think that college is the place unless you're going for that young, hot, offensive guy, a.k.a. like a Cliff Kingsbury, right, who's going to bring his system in, But then again, we thought that's what Chip Kelly was going to do. And instead, what we got was, as I talked about last week, you know, read option handoff with Nick Foles, and it just didn't work, and then, you know, he blows up the team. So, I don't know. You know, if I'm, like, the Jaguars looking to rebuild, I'm definitely not looking at another college coach. That team's kind of in trouble. So... What's up, Hans Shaw? How you doing, buddy? So, huge uh, crisis going on right now across multiple sports, right? And that's COVID. So, this past week, or the last two weeks, we've had more COVID cases across the major sports here, in the U.S. at least, right, than in the history of the entire pandemic. Um, You know, NBA teams have had outbreaks. But I want to really focus on football, right, because I don't, Knox. <laughs> I don't. None. Um, so the with, the with NFL, because we have games, we're supposed to have a game tomorrow, right? Like, we're back to Saturday games, Sunday games, Monday games, this point in the season. But an interesting thing happened. So the game specifically tomorrow was supposed to be the Raiders at the Browns. Now... As of when I went live, I saw that they were in talks to have it scheduled for Monday. I don't know if that officially went through, so like I'll continue to check that here as we go. But they did move two other games. They moved the game that means a lot to us in the Philly area, right? The, the Washington football team coming to play the Eagles, and the Seahawks and the Rams has also been moved. So a weird thing happened here with those three teams, with Washington, with Cleveland, and with the Rams. And Baker Mayfield went to social media and went absolutely nutso about the process, right? Because apparently the NFL just popped up, came in to test them, but then it was after they gathered, after they had practice, and then tested everybody, including people that were vaccinated, right? And so if you get... Tested and you're even if you're vaccinated, and you're positive, you're in the protocol. So, you know, this is two days before they have a game. So Shoney said just got your second shot on Wednesday and you're sick as crap. Yeah. Uh, when you say second shot, is that like your second original or your booster or whatever? I, I don't know. Like they're you're they're asking you to get so many shots now, I don't know what's what, right? But So Baker's pissed because it was almost feels to him like entrapment, right? Like they came in after the players were all out there, you know, practicing, and then they test them, and they got a bunch of hits for positive, including both quarterbacks. They got Baker. They got Case Keenum. So now, you know, how could they play, right? Second original, okay. So same thing happened to the Redskins. You got Tyler Heineke or Heineken, as Earl would say, right? He hits hit, and then so does their backup, who is Kyle Allen. So now the Redskins don't have a quarterback, right? But they're set to play the Eagles on Sunday. Both their quarterbacks are in COVID protocol. The thing is, if you, you know, this game is so important. I mean, the Eagles and the Redskins are both 7 and 8. The team that loses this game likely does not have a shot at the playoffs anymore, right? So that's huge. It's so important. And now your team is decimated to COVID. In fact, not just their two quarterbacks, Washington had 21 players wind up on the list. So now they've moved the game to Tuesday, but I want to take a half a step back and just talk about that. From a fantasy perspective, would I start McLaurin against the Eagles? Well, Brian, I would not, and here's the problem. Now, I would preface this with I would have to ask how many guys are in your league, right? Is it a 12-team league? I'm assuming it's probably first round of the playoffs for you, right? So it's important. But what are your other options? Because here's the thing. McLaren, of course, is a stud. But one, he's coming off some injury. And two, if they don't have quarterbacks, he, who's going to get him the ball, right? So, again, the short answer there is no. If I had a choice of not playing McLaren this week, I wouldn't. But, again, it depends on your options, right? So where I'm going is, my first issue is, and I actually, I couldn't even take credit for this. I heard this on the radio, and it it did resonate with me a little bit. Because when you look at the way, what happens when you reschedule a game, now you're looking at two sides of a coin, right? First, I'm going to take it from our perspective, from the fans' perspective. Imagine you have a ticket for one of these games, okay? And you're all set. You're you're ready to go. This is your one football game that you're going to this year. And now, all of a sudden, it gets moved from Sunday to Tuesday. Well, most of us, even though it's, you know, sort of in that dull time of year, depending on what your profession is, most of us work during the week. So it's highly likely that you may not be able to attend that game. Oh, well, Jack, you know, if you have a ticket and, you know, you just reschedule, right? Like, okay. Let me throw this at you. You're just thinking if it's like us who live in the area and we're going to go to to the Eagles game, what if it's a Redskins fan? What if it's a Redskins fan coming in from Florida who used to live in D.C. and now lives in Florida, and they're flying up to Philly on Sunday, already got their hotel paid for, their plane ticket paid for, their, their tickets paid for, three rows off the field on the Redskins sideline, and now the game's moved to Tuesday. Is the NFL refunding their plane ticket? Is the NFL refunding their hotel? Can they reschedule the plane? Can they re Again, no, right? None of that's gonna happen. And that's a shame. But then you have to look at it from the players' perspective. And there's two sides of that coin. One is if you're the Redskins and you get forced to play Sunday, well, you're just gonna lose, right? <laughs> like there there's almost no two ways about it. No Redskins fan or Redskins player is going to be confident going into that game, this utmost important game for potential playoffs in the NFC against a division rival with a quarterback who was either on the practice squad or you just signed off the street and think you have a chance to win, right? But then you got to look at the Eagles side or look at the rest of the league side. Pushing this game out another day has long-running consequences. You know, if you think that it's okay to push a game out to Tuesday, but then what about next week, right? What if that team plays on Saturday? What if their opponent plays on Saturday? You like, There's so many long-running consequences from pushing games out, but I guess at this point, that's probably the lesser of two evils. Here's the real rub, though. Sorry, let me take a breath. Here's the real rub. If you push a game from Sunday to Tuesday... Right. What's up, Joey? You push a game from Sunday to Tuesday in hopes, and that's all that this is, right? In the hopes that the large majority of these players, and let's focus on the football team right now, right? On the players from Washington can clear protocol in in the next 48 hours or 72 hours or however much time it is to get eligible. But let's say that, you know, only 10 of them do, and two of them wind up still not having the quarterback. So, you push the game out, which is kind of going against the rules that you had said before you weren't going to do, and you're still, they, they, we're in the same boat, right? They're still down 11 guys. So, again, like, I, I don't have that answer, but I'm not sure if coming in with these, like, as Baker put it, you know, kind of entrapment type of tests on a Wednesday or a Thursday before these teams play on Saturday, Sunday, and nobody's sick. Like, none of these guys are sick with COVID. They they just have COVID. You know, I hate, I hate to just let the silence go there, but none of these guys that tested positive are, like, you know, laid up in bed sick. And I, I don't want to dive into, like, are they all vaccinated? Are they all unvaccinated? It doesn't matter at this point, at least in my opinion, because... None of them, either vax or unvaxxed, that tested positive, are sick. They just have a positive test, which means they go into the protocol. So really, what we have to question is the protocol overall, because on the one hand, the NFL is holding to the protocol with, well, you have a positive test, right? But they're not in the fact that they're moving an NFL game, three of NFL games, in fact. And they said they weren't going to do that, and now they are. So, I don't know where that puts us, right? What I will tell you is, it would be a real shame if, you know, Browns players, football teams players, Rams players, have a game pushed out two days and then still don't pass the protocol. Quite frankly, to put a little bit of of levity on this, I don't really care if the football team has to trot out Shane Falco and the boys, right? And it just so happens that that falls perfectly in line because the Washington Sentinels, famously from the movie, replacements, are from Washington, and so is the Washington football team. They're going to have to play. Either it's Sunday or it's Tuesday. So I don't know. And I guess the league, I think, is doing this in a panic move. I don't think that they know or have any amount of confidence that a certain percentage or a certain amount of guys could pass the protocol from now until then, right? I don't know. That's a great movie, right? I mean, Joey, it's the first thing that came to mind. I'm just thinking about, like, Washington running out there with a bunch of scabs, right? Like, honestly. and But it's the truth. Like, I mean, Shane Falco's coming in to play quarterback, right? So Hanshaw says, I'm afraid we're going to get back to square one, total sports shutdown, You know what? I don't think we're going to get there, Hanshaw, because, excuse me, what's sort of happening now in the leagues, and, Shawnee, I'll get to yours in a second, what's happening now in the leagues, if you notice, like, NBA and NFL, NFL's trying to, like, maneuver around here and around this, right? But we're we're only talking about three games. But here's the hypocrisy in all this, right? And actually, maybe, maybe the reason the NFL didn't do this, which is another thing Baker complained about, the reason the NFL... The NFL only tested three teams this week. Because imagine if they tested 16 teams <laughs> and you came back with 250 positive COVID tests. Then the entire week is shut down. But they, don't, they can't afford that. They don't want that, right? And the NBA, you've got a ton of people a ton of guys. I mean, it just ran through here in Philly, right? You know, Joe, and it, these guys are still talking about still recovering from COVID. Now, most of the guys in the Sixers actually got sick from COVID and, like, had ill effects from it. But it's, like, running through teams right now, and the NBA's just kind of cycling around it, right? They're not shutting down. They're just trying to move through it. Sean, you say, in the end, the NFL doesn't care about you. Well, that that's right. That's the whole reason that Baker and the NFL Players Association are going after the NFL now for this, right? Because they don't care about the players. They say that these policies are in place for the behoovement and the best interest of the player, but it's not. The NFL is protecting its money. If it was, then not only would they have done three teams, they would have tested 32 teams. Every single team would have gotten the random COVID testing that the Rams, Browns, and uh, the Washington football team got, but they didn't. Because the NFL was fearing 500 positive tests back at one time, and then the league shuts down. Joey says, I'm 25, best shape of my life. I go, <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna well, but could you beat out Shane Footsteps Falco in training camp, bro? That's the thing, you know. Shane's been scrap scraping crap off the bottom of boats, and then he comes in there. I mean, listen, I gotta be honest with you between you or Keanu. I'm going to have to go Keanu. I mean, dude, the guy's been John Wick, right? Shane Falco, John Wick. It's kind of an easy call. But, hey, I'd give you a shot. I'd give you a shot in uh in scab training camp. Uh, so that being said, before I get out of here, i got to throw some picks at you for the NFL this weekend. And this is going to be a crazy weekend in betting. Now, the one downfall about these picks, which I will caution you guys on, is it is... Friday night. And now we would have had a game tomorrow. Looks like it's going to get moved. And then, the, you know, the the Eagles, Redskins, get like these games could go off Tuesday. So there could be a, line, a lot of line movement. But I'll start with the Bengals at the Broncos. Bengals are three-point underdogs. I like the Bengals here outright. Saints at the Bucks. One of the biggest lines on the board, I think the Buffalo game may have had a bigger line. The Saints are getting 11 and a half. I like the Saints to cover. Um, the Bucks have been, like, really in stride, but the Saints looked good last week, and the Saints are going to play really hard. I don't think they win, but I think 11 and a half is is too many. I think they will cover, so I'll take two dogs there. And then this is something that I typically don't do, ever. I may pick the Eagles, but I wouldn't tell you to bet on them or that I was going to bet on them, but I am now. Eagles right now is at minus eight. That line is going to continue to move up depending on what players come back forth off COVID protocol, right? So keep watching that, but I would take the Eagles all the way up to nine and a half because even if, let's say, they get like Allen back or they get Heineke back, these guys can't practice and these guys are all isolated and that's the quarterback. There's 21 guys on this team. 21. Remember, you put 11 guys on each side of the ball, right? 21 Redskins in COVID protocol right now. Sorry, I said Redskins. Football team players in protocol right now. So you got to love the Eagles here. And if the Eagles can't win and smash them and cover, well, then that's going to speak volumes to the Eagles. And that's something that we'll probably be talking about next week. But so I'm going Eagles. So my picks are Eagles up to nine and a half, and then I like two dogs: Bengals plus three, and Saints plus eleven and a half. The bonuses on the Bengals, I like them outright, so you could take the money line there. That's it. Short one today because I'm by myself. Thanks everybody for hopping on the live feed. I'm gonna give you guys some more toss a coin on on your witcher to the way out of here. Remember, guys, all the From the Hill podcasts are up on YouTube and the iTunes podcast application. Search From underscore the underscore hill put it in quotations so you don't miss it guys if you want any merch hit me up i got a ton of t-shirts to get out this week i know i owe a bunch of people t-shirts so they're going out also have a couple ideas of some things that i wanted to possibly put into production but don't know if you know there's a big market for it for you guys like the hats and the t-shirts have been huge successes and everybody loves them but I'm like questioning, I don't know if I want to go this route. It could be cool. could be not cool. I don't know. I might run up by you guys next week, see what you think, or maybe do like a poll on, uh, on the Twitter, the Tweet Tweet or something like that. But yeah, that's it. I'm getting out of here. Everybody enjoy your Friday night. Stay safe. Keep an eye on these crazy NFL COVID activities. We'll see who's playing. We'll see when they're playing. And that's it. Huge game here in Philly for the Eagles and the football team. One team's coming out of this week going to be above 500. The other one's going to be 7-9 and, and probably not making the playoffs. That's it. I will catch you all later. Peace.